Nazi! How'd you like me now? Hello and welcome to How Do You Like Me Now, the podcast where we go back and relive the golden years of kids TV. I'm Will, with me as always is Liz. Hello Liz. Hey, 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 it's magic. (laughs) You know. Oh. Gotta believe in your soul. I think it's a soul. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Anyway, hi to you. And and to you. Good to see you. Good to see you too. We're back another, another week, another episode. What's happened since the last episode? Oh, oh, all, all sorts. I'm, I'm older. You're I'm a year, a year older. older. I am, yeah. It's, it's only been two weeks since we recorded an episode, but you've aged a year. <laughs> I have in that time. Mm. It's unbelievable. I, I'm not happy about it. I've, I've got to be honest. I, I didn't sign up for this whole getting older thing. And no, well, in your thirties, birthdays are not like you don't celebrate that you're, uh, uh that your age has increased you just celebrate that you're still around well that's it i think (laughs) yeah i think when when you're like under 10 you know a birthday is like that's it's a joyful thing you know it's a celebration with friends when you're like a teenager you think okay great you get a bit more freedom you can go and do what you like you can do long things when you're in your 20s you know you're out out in the town free of you know you're not haven't got your parents stuff anymore your family sort of there you can go and do exactly what you like then the hangovers start getting too bad and by the time you're in your 30s you're like Eh, it's... If you can buy a card with your age printed on it, Mm -hmm. then that's a fun birthday. Yes. Anything else, just drink to forget. (laughs) Yeah, that's 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 a really good point. That's an excellent, excellent point. Where do you stand on, like... Badges? Did you did you enjoy if you got a card with a badge on it as a kid? Was that a particularly good card? Um, yeah, loved a badge as a kid. Loved a badge, mm-hmm. right? Uh, when I got to the age where um, there's 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 a turning point at which people are like, you've got to wear your badge. It's for your birthday. Yeah. And you're like, no, I don't want to wear this giant comedy badge that you've bought just to embarrass me. <laughs> uh, there is a turning point. But when I was very small, loved a badge. I may have even had a sooty badge. Oh, right. Okay. I know what, well, i tell you what I did have, right? Because we're doing sooty this episode. I've announced it. There you go. Done. Efficiency. <laughs> My mum drew me a card with sooty and sweep and sue on it and sent it in to uh one of the like one of the channels where you could send in like birthday cards oh like the broom cupboard or something. the broom cupboard or something like that and um i think it was on there but i think it was like in the background oh well that's still very cool yeah and i don't think anybody had the vhs recording but anyway yeah she drew me a sooty card that's incredibly cool and then she got it on tv that, yeah, that's yeah. exceptionally cool she has no memory of that she doesn't believe it happened <laughs> <laughs> she it's, it's very annoying to be like a five-year-old who's absolutely sure that this happened, but no adults will accept it. I can remember it because she used up my purple felt tip doing the background. <laughs> I know it happened. I remember the purple felt tip, which was then useless because it's all used up. But she doesn't accept that this happened. Amazing. I mean... Because that's the kind of thing you think, okay, well, there's no possible way to ever verify that. 
I can't remember. I'll just buy into it for for you know. It's a yeah. happy memory for you. You just go, oh yeah, of course, definitely did that. That's like, mm, yeah, that mm. that's like sort of you know telling stories. Oh, you've got a, a long lost you know uncle or aunt who goes off adventuring around the world. That kind of thing, you know. I'm like, in the Queen's nose. Yeah, yeah, basically, basically, yeah. yeah, that yeah that that kind of thing. You can easily do that. But just go, nope, didn't happen. Did not happen. Wake up. It's not that she goes, didn't happen. It go, oh, I, I can't remember that. Oh, I suppose that might be the truth in this way of your mental. Uh, I know I'm a bad mum if I just outright call you a liar. Unbelievable. Well, Liz, you've already said it. We're doing sooty this week. Well, how did we get to this decision of doing sooty? Well, I feel like sooty is one of the like titans. I feel like you don't know what the word titan means. <laughs> If you think Sooty is one. I mean, like, a, a, a titan in terms of the stature he has within the oeuvre of children's programming. You're using a lot of big words. <laughs> I think we can just say it was on for years. He was on for a long time. And I, and it's a thing. Everyone everyone knows Sooty. Everyone knows him, yeah. Yeah. But does anyone like him? Well, now that's an I, interesting I, I, point. I want to ask you this. Before we watch... Before we talk about these episodes, we've watched two episodes... Um, as per usual, uh, but I want to ask before we go into that, and before like you had watched these, do, would would you say you liked Sooty? I'll give you my honest answer. Yeah, obviously, I preferred Sweep. Right, okay, because I'm speaking again to my parents and stuff like about Sooty because I it's it started back in 1955. It was very you know, long-running show. I was just mm. speaking to them about it. All of them, everybody that I've spoken to, I preferred Sweep. Yeah. Everyone, basically, Sooty, is, he's on the, he's the face of it. His name's on the door. But everyone prefers Sweep because Sooty is just an annoying little shit who whispers in the guy's ear. He's, he's teacher's pet, basically. Yeah, he is. He is. I, I, yeah, can... You can't like Sooty. There's nothing to like about Sooty. No. You can like Sweep because he's naughty, he's rebellious, he's got a bit of personality, he's got a bit of flavour to him. He brings some anarchy to the proceedings. If, you like, if your favourite is Sue, I think you should be put on a register. <laughs> <laughs> I've got real, real big things to say about Sue oh, well, we'll and get... anybody who likes Sue. <laughs> we'll get into Sue, definitely, but... I think you're right. I think, you know, okay, Sooty's name might be like, he might be the compare, but people are coming to see Sweep as the headliner, you know? I think so. And I mean, there's lots of others that turn up. Uh, we don't, we won't even get into Scampy this episode. <laughs> he's, he's like a mini Sooty with um, less yellow fur and a little schoolboy outfit on. Right, okay. I see. I think I've seen... I think that's scampy. Right, because I, I think I've seen like dolls of him like on sale in places and just assumed it was just Sooty in an outfit. Sooty's day job. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. I think that's a different character. Right, okay. okay. Pretty sure. Right, well, that's good to know. So then let's get into it. So straight off the bat, we watched two episodes, Liz. Well, well we had a bit of a problem straight off deciding when the episodes were from because we always try and watch the first ever episode of something and then something later in the run sooty began in 1955 on the bbc and then it transferred to itv 
in the mid 60s and it was there until 1992 now that's the sooty show right but then in 93 they start sooty and co which i think also our generation probably watched that then Ever since, there's basically been something on. There was something called Sooty Heights in 99. Like, if I, by the by the time we'd stopped watching, right, the late 90s, early 2000s, kids' TV was going off the rails. I mean, Sooty Heights. Is that- was he running a hotel? I don't need to know about that one. <laughs> and then they just started calling it Sooty. It ran till 2018. Wow. And, and then I read on the... Uh, Wikipedia, they've been trying to get a film off the ground. That's always depressing to me when you're like, <laughs> yes, for, uh, for the last eight years, a film has been in development. Like, sure, guys, sure it has, yeah. Yeah, keep working on that. Mm. I mean, that. I think, to be honest, if your franchise has been going basically 70 years and you're still not able to get a film out of it by that point, don't, just, just stop trying. Sooty doesn't need to be a film, does it? No. It's just a little bear that talks in a man's ear. Yeah. Speaking of the man. Right. We decided, because the original presenter's called Harry Corbett, mm-hmm. and his son, Matthew Corbett, took over from him in, I think, the 70s. Right, okay. And we decided we wanted to watch Harry Corbett. We wanted to watch a proper old one, which was completely out of our time, our usual time period, and then compare it to one that we did remember from the late 80s, early 90s, with his son, Matthew. Yes. And it did, in those later years, got took over from Matthew by a guy called Richard Cadell, who now owns the sooty oeuvre. It's all his. He owns it. So he decides what's canon. Well, he now, you know, tries to just um, keep Sooty's name alive. (laughs) (laughs) But do you remember him taking over? I I don't remember him taking over. I have seen... uh, That gentleman. I've seen him, yes, doing bits and pieces of of Sooty. I remember being fundamentally unimpressed when he took over. Oh, really? Because I was very fond of Matthew Corbett. Well, yes. I'm a very small child at this age, you know. But I'm really fond of this guy. He's kind of unlike other like kids TV presenters in that he's a bit grumpy with Sooty and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And then this guy that took over has modern hair. Matthew Corbett looks always as though he's out of the mid-80s, right? Never yeah. really changes that look. But this guy that took over had spiky hair. He was modern. And I didn't want to see anything modern. So as soon as he took over, I was like, no, Sooty's not for me anymore. Sooty's had a an update and I don't want it. I, I'm with you on that. I think we've talked about this in other shows and I think the second you start introducing modern touches to long-standing characters, like when we watch Noddy and they gave him an iPad, it's like, no. Richard Cadell's hair was Noddy's iPad for me. <laughs> Yeah, okay. It was a step too far. I was like, I don't want there to be hair gel in the world of Sooty. <laughs> no, it's unnecessary. Exactly. Matthew Corbett would have had no truck with that. All those water jokes fall away if you've got maximum hold going on. Yeah. Yeah. Bit of the VO5. Well, see, you've got to, you've got to very quickly look drenched, especially when you're presenting. You've got to very quickly look drenched. That's your key skill as a presenter of Sooty. You must <laughs> immediately look drenched. Yes. 
You've only got, really, from your nipples upwards to work with. That's a small amount of space in which to demonstrate that you're soaking wet or covered in, like, shaving foam or whatever else. You know, you can't have any impediments, like hair gel or, you know, L-Net or something, that's going to... That's gonna, <laughs> stop the flow really you're just looking around for things that are on my dressing table <laughs> to try and name <laughs> name a hair product i um <laughs> yes i do agree see that's i actually i think i'd forgotten though how slapstick sooty is because it was all a lot about like having a little water squirt gun or you know somebody slipped over into this and i think i'd forgotten how much that is that is the show basically yeah well i had too i i i again i think this sort of stands as a, as a the closest comparison i can think something else we watched is bodger and badger yeah which is a lot more on like the clowning side of things mm. um and slapstick whereas this is yeah this is much more contained because where sooty comes from harry corbett is a magician and his son matthew and richard cadell they're all magicians right okay and he bought Sooty as like a little glove puppet. And I think you can see that Sooty is not like designed as a character. He is just literally a yellow bear and he happens to have black ears. You know, he's not like got a lot to him. So mm. he just bought a little bear glove puppet at some point. And that was where Sooty came from. And I've got to say, as a, as a former puppeteer myself... Oh yeah, all right. He's <laughs> ruined down the credentials. <laughs> <laughs> the work that... Harry Corbett and Matthew Corbett are doing with with Sooty is outstanding. There's some outstanding puppetry work going on for a tiny little hand puppet bear that can't speak. Are you being sarcastic? No. Because I have to say I was a bit disappointed <laughs> because I think as a child I didn't know they were doing the bear. <laughs> well, that's the ultimate gift. Well, as an adult, I definitely did. <laughs> I think it's... <laughs> well... We need to get into these episodes, okay? Because I will tell you, there's a there's a bit that we get to in, in Harry Corbett's episode where he's using Sooty to do something, and he's saying, "Oh, Sooty, you do that," but it is literally like he just wants to have a fag with the other hand, and he's just like yanking <laughs> yanking on this rope, like, "Oh yeah, Sooty's doing this part. Uh, don't mind me." <laughs> pan left, pan left. <laughs> this first episode we watched then is a Harry Corbett episode of the sooty show called the sooty olympics sooty olympics it's printed as all one word on the set mm -hmm. but he says it as sooty olympics yes he does and the set is like a little grass verge that he stands behind and then there's like a little house on the side mm. um, which they use for various like you know entrances and exits but the, yeah they do like an olympics with um Predominantly Sooty and Sweep, although Sue has already arrived. So we know this is the 60s. Yes. Because I think Sue came in in 64. Right, okay. Which there was an Olympics in 64, so who knows? Well, maybe it is. This might be a, this might be a tie into that. Because, well, this one we should say that we, we, this one we don't believe was actually broadcast, we found in our research. Well, we're not sure. Not sure, no. Because there's a, there's a couple of... I think DVD collections of episodes that were rediscovered mm -hmm. um, and restored that basically looking at a little bit of research suggests that they were filmed to try and introduce Sooty to the US market, which I mean, makes sense. The mid sixties, all the big groups were trying to break the, break the States, <laughs> you know, the Beatles went over there, the stones, the kinks, Sooty sweep and Sue, you know, it, it made perfect sense. Never happened for them though. Did didn't it? Didn't happen. Mm -hmm. No, didn't happen. So there's, whether or not these were broadcast, we don't know. 
we don't know, but they're they're out there. So yeah, so this is the Sooty Olympics, and obviously at any good Olympics you have the lighting of the torch. Of course you do. Immediately, this made me very excited because you thought something was going to get set on fire. Because I thought suddenly you've got cloth puppets carrying an open flame. Yes, and, and it's it is... quite a big flame, isn't it? Yeah, there's a lot of soot coming off that flame. You, you know when you watch flames on up very old film and you kind of can't see them properly, but you can just see like the heat around it and there's yeah, like you say, like clop soot is just clumping. <laughs> yeah, why particularly? That's like... fun. <laughs> Because it's Sweep coming in carrying this torch with this flame on it. And you can almost see the nerves in the hands of Sweep's operator. Yes. <laughs> going, he oh, has God. an iron grip on that <laughs> Olympic torch. <laughs> the flame is massive. I also, my favourite thing, Sooty hasn't changed his appearance over the years, right? But if you flick back, if you ever do a flashback to a character from the 60s and 70s, they have to have a big old tash. <laughs> but one character that I didn't expect to have had a big old tash was Sweep the Dog. <laughs> but he's got a moustache, Will. Can you imagine? I tell you. Like th- a big old 70s porn stash. Well, this, this Why? is... <laughs> Why did that happen? This immediately made it. I, I thought that's got to be a joke. It's, it's got. It's got to be a joke. Somehow this is. Well, some, what... Somebody's retro fitted that onto him. That can't be real. He can't have ever had a tash. What I thought was okay. Maybe this is later than I thought because the quality that it's in color, the quality of the prints look pretty good. I thought ah, and clearly they've got him. He's in like a white. Like tank top like thing with a red stripe on it and the big tash. He's doing a Daily Thompson impression. Yes, yeah. I thought it must be, must be, that's what it is. But no, I think he just had a tash at the time. Or if you're um not as familiar with dated references as us, uh looks like the one one eight guy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's your those are your pick pick your reference point. Itself now a very dated reference. The one one eight guy. Like I can't go more modern than that, Will. <laughs> you know me and you know I can't. I'll go early 2000s and that's your limit. That's my limit. (laughs) Exactly. It's just true. It's just a fact. (laughs) I mean, for me, as a lover of dated references, doing the research on this was a joy. Because I think we'll talk later, but they did have like celebrity guests on. And I'll run you through some of them because it's my favourite thing ever. (laughs) It is my favourite thing ever. So Sweep's come in with this torch and goes to light it and immediately it goes out. As soon as he puts it to this, yeah, they've got like this white bowl there to be the um, flame, and it's that's that's the bit that they're doing is that every time he brings the flame out, it gets put out. You mm. know, Sue is in the house and she sees a big flame and she goes, "Oh, the flame's too big!" and throws some water out and puts it out. Her voice, by the way, is being done by a different person at this time. Oh right, okay. The first voice of Sue, so at this point, is Marjorie Corbett. Oh. Who is Harry's wife. Right. And obviously Matthew's mum. So, yes, she was the first voice of Sue. She remained a part of the show until the after the first series of the format change. Um, according to Brenda Longman, who took over the voice of Sue, the reason Marjorie was replaced was because her heavy smoking had caused her to be short of breath and it was felt she made Sue sound too old. <laughs> Which really makes me want to go and look up an episode from just before she was replaced. <laughs> so I can hear Sue. Oh, sooty. 
Sooty! What are you sweet butter up to? <laughs> what is that? That's me. That's me doing an old woman who's tired of life and a heavy smoker. But she's talking to <laughs> Sounds like Pat Butcher in a decompression chamber. It's <laughs> exactly what I was going for. <laughs> Imagine Pam St. Clement with the bends. Yes. <laughs> you can hear it now, can't you? Yeah, yeah. In this, she just sounds very, very quiet. I couldn't hear Sue's vocals. No, I couldn't either, really. And uh, She so, only has a couple of lines. She's barely in this episode. Yeah. It's much more just a competition between... They do eventually get the flame lit, do they? Well, uh... They, no, they find out it's a water fountain. Yeah, they find out it's a water fountain, and then Sue comes out with a candle on a little candle holder that's lit already. Yes. Which, again, excellent carry work from yeah. up here, because that's, yeah, that's, that's got some weight. You have to do it between your thumb and your, and your pinky finger. So that's that's the thing to bear in mind. Surely you wouldn't use the pinky, would you just not? But where's, where's your pinky going? Because that's 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 your arms. Right, I, d- I don't want to get into puppetry 101 here. <laughs> Whilst they're doing the flame and they're waiting for Sweep, every time it goes out, Sweep goes, oh, but... Oh, well, he doesn't because he squeaks. He goes, <laughs> whatever. It's like, oh, yes, uh, you know, Harry's going to him. I know, it's five kilometres there and five kilometres back. But... I was amazed that they are doing metric. The whole thing seemed to be like a an advert for the metric system. Well, it's the Olympics, Liz. It was done. It's it's metric. It's your your fifteen hundred meters, your five thousand meters. You don't, that's I think that's an attention to detail. He's not thinking. Oh, it's three miles back. When did the Olympics switch to metric? Uh, I I think I think on the the birth of the modern Olympics, modern Olympiad. No. But didn't that lad run a four-minute mile or something? Well, yeah, but that wasn't at the Olympics. No, he was just doing that as a laugh. Yeah, just just for shits and giggles. Right. Um, Roger Roger Bannister. If I Google when did the Olympics go metric, will it just go, what the hell are you talking about? It's like Dylan goes electric, isn't it? (laughs) Dated references. (laughs) I love that they're not just dated, they're dated to well before your birth. Yes, I know. I'm waiting for the day you drop a Dixon of Doc Green. Do you want to okay. properly guess? All right, I'm going to guess that the Olympics went metric after the Second World War. According to Wikipedia, and I'm not doing additional verification, 1796. 1796? I thought the modern Olympics only started in the 1900s. Well, I did too. I can't find... <laughs> <laughs> Let me see what the... Ver- Histoire et évolution des Jeux Olympiques... Well, I'm not going to learn French in order to verify this. Is maybe that's the thing to when the French adopted the metric system. Yeah, no, this is a French game, so that doesn't count. <laughs> I don't think but didn't the French start the modern Olympics? Didn't they start the metric system? Maybe this is so. Mm-kilo. So what? <laughs> that proves it. I'm sure they own the gram, don't they? <laughs> yes, I think they do own the gram. That's the unit of measurement, gram, not Instagram. Just to be clear for any of our younger listeners who've accidentally snuck in under the rope. Distances what? at the 1904 Olympics were measured in yards rather than meters. I mean, I just. Can't trust the internet, Liz. No. That's that's what I've learnt. You can't trust the internet. Most of the responses I'm getting are just propaganda for why America doesn't have to stop using the imperial measurements. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> right, I can't be bothered with this. 
I wish I'd never brought it up. What I actually wanted to talk about was the flags. Okay. The flag ceremony. Because this is what I was talking about, where I was not impressed with the puppeteering. Right. Because uh, as part of the, the gag where Sweep runs away to go and get the flame, these flags that they've got, five or six flags up there of different nations, keep drooping down. And Harry, uh, Harry or Sooty has to pull the, the flag back up, but... Each one he pulls like a different, you know, one shoots up the mast or whatever else. Uh, pole. Anyway. Um, <laughs> it's a flag pole. Yeah. Anyway, he's yanking on it, right? But he's it's with his sooty hand, but I can see his bloody shoulders moving. <laughs> it's literally just a man with a glove on his hand yanking these flags up the pole and he's going oh yes sooty just like that i literally it made me think that every children's tv show is just adults standing around going what can we get away with i mean you know okay i grant you the the suspension of disbelief is not necessarily there all the time not as an adult i understand as a kid it would have got me but the thing i really like is there's moments when harry corbett is talking to camera and sooty's not only listening to him but reacting and having conversations of his own while he is still talking to camera and holding focus and that in itself is a real skill i do i know what you mean i know what you mean it's those little bits that make me go yeah that's fun i like that and in the sports they do there are some really good sort of like moments so they start off with the long jump. Yes. Which uh, so Harry sets out the two markers, and uh, Sooty goes first, and he does does a run up, and you might be impressed that he does a run up because you wouldn't have thought he has feet. No. But they cut away for a shot of his feet, don't they? they Which do. I I really enjoyed. Yeah, it's a great little thing of his his feet in little red booties and just he's got little red boots and Sweep has little silver boots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, he does this kind of leap where he puts his arms out to the side and does a, quite an impressive jump. He, he jumps like 70-odd centimetres. 76 centimetres, first jump. I've got all the records down here. 76 centimetres, which I'm fairly sure is like six times his own height. Well, to be fair, it is just Harry Corbett moving his arm. I know that. Obviously, I know that. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying... You know, be a little more realistic, Harry. Anyway, it's a good jump. Sweep, however, is crap at jumping. Oh, what sweep? I no, I, I won't stand for any any bad mouthing of sweep. No, we. This is the thing, right? Sweep. We've established sweep is everyone's favourite. Right. Sweep's great fun. What does sweep come in for in every single episode? Just abuse. Just gets abuse. He gets a lot of flack. He does. I but, mean, he, he's a bit of a troublemaker. Don't don't get me wrong. Yeah. But. He does get a lot of insults thrown his way. Oh, he does, and in this especially because he's just crap. Like he he, he starts, he ends up cheating. That's yeah. you know the jokes are, are him cheating. But to start off with, he's just crap, and Harry Corbett it literally laughs at him. Yeah. He's like, "That was rubbish. You're a <laughs> fathead." He, I I had forgotten that in the past you would just abuse people for being bad at stuff. There's no like part where they all like you know um, come by are they all go oh well, it doesn't matter how good or bad you are it's the take it part none of that it's like you're shit at this mate that is hilarious <laughs> see a sweet because sweet doesn't do run up sweet just jump does a standing jump and goes about twenty three but I, what I love sweep is his confidence because every time he does this he's like that's that's good yeah that was a good jump I've done well there yeah and he jumps twenty three centimeters every time yes he does uh, and. Uh, but then, yeah, like you say, he tries to cheat. So he moves Sooty's marker so that the distance is measured very short. Yeah. Then when it's measuring his own, he 
asked to measure it out, takes the other end of the tape measure and runs off behind the house. Mm. Um, you know, the classic little hijinks. Well, my favourite, though, is when he really... They tell him to do a run-up and he really, really goes for it. And he lands face first. And they shoot up the little legs that we'd cut away to previously. And they're just, um, you know, he's upside down, these two little legs waving around. It is adorable. It is adorable. So they have to get a spade to dig him out. And then uh, and then it turns out he's done the same as Sooty's last jump. It's a draw. It's, yes. Uh, so everyone's everyone's happy. Yeah, another... We should do some more Olympics research now because the next event is tug of war. Yes, which I know has been a real event at the Olympics. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I did not know that. I assumed that it was just the the the, the remit. The easiest of, one to set up. Well, I I thought that, and also I thought it was just the kind of thing that was normally resigned to like fates and school fun days, and the end of the day when people have been in the beer tent, that you can get them together and go, yeah, all right, I'll give it a go. Tug of War was contested as a team event at the Summer Olympics from 1900 to 1920. Well, that seems to be it. Bring back tug of war. There's always campaigns to get these get get new sports into um, the Olympics. Bring back the tug of war. Who wouldn't want to see that? Well, I think we would because it was contested six times. Right. And we won five medals. That's pretty good going. We sent a team from the City of London. Bankers? Police. Oh, okay. City of London Police won the gold medal in 1908. Three of the team were called Frederick. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. <laughs> so anyway, they do tug of war. Yes. Even though it's somewhat of a dated reference, if it's been out since 1920. The fact that I knew it had been, I knew it had been in the Olympics. The fact that it was in this episode, I thought, oh, it probably probably only went out in like um, the forties, fifties, and so that's why you know they still maybe even was still happening in the sixties, and that's why they did it. No, nope. gone for years, <laughs> decades. Anyway, um, so obviously you can't have a tug of war with just Sooty and Sweep. That would be too few characters. No, they bring out a <laughs> ragtag ensemble of puppets. I, I have never seen the like. Would you like to? Uh... I would love to because this is my favourite moment. So they bring out. So he introduces them all on the basis of you've met them all before. Here they are: Tiggs, who's a tiger. Yep, makes sense as a name. Fine, I'm happy with the tiger. Fine looking tiger. Yep. Uh, Butch, who's a bulldog. Yep, fine with that. Bit of an ugly dog. Bit of an ugly dog, but you know, bit, it's a, bit of a bulldog. It's a bulldog. Thing. bulldog fine. Yeah. Yep, yep. So I'm go with that. Edwin the robot. Avery. Avery? I thought it was Edwin. Okay, one of those. <laughs> Either Edwin or Avery, the robot. But a fine-looking robot. It's got light-up eyes, it buzzes, it's yeah, it's great. Beautiful. And then the last one he brings out, he just goes, and Ramsbottom. And Ramsbottom is a snake. A brown snake. <laughs> a brown snake. <laughs> and if anyone, if everyone knows how to do a snake puppet with their hands, it's like a sock puppet, mm. right? But all the others, like Sooty and Sweep and stuff, have smaller heads because you've got, like you said, your thumb and your like finger being their arms. So you've just got a couple of fingers up holding their head up. Yeah. Whereas Ramsbottom is a full man's hand width of brown snake <laughs> that just slides up and grabs hold of the rope. <laughs> it's creepy in the extreme. It's like anaconda. It's the scale you're talking about. It's massive. <laughs> it's an enormous snake. I love that the snake is called Ramsbottom. <laughs> yes, I do too. And I love he's just introduced as well after 
Edwin the Robot. Because yes. the others are just, oh, this is Tiggs and Butch. Edwin the Robot and Ramsbottom. Like, you know Ramsbottom, the snake. We use him every other week. Well, I think he was actually listed as a character on the Wikipedia, and I thought, oh, there's no way we'll ever get to see Ramsbottom, <laughs> the brown snake. <laughs> I would never have such good luck as to manage to pick an episode with Ramsbottom, the brown snake. <laughs> and then we did. It's uh, It's got to be said, I was both disturbed and found it hilarious. Ramsbottom, oh, Will, you will not... We didn't hear him speak, did we? No. Ramsbottom is a brown male snake who spoke in a deep Yorkshire accent. (laughs) Of course he did! Yes! And had the habit of telling rather convoluted stories. The character was created by Harry Corbett, but retired by his son Matthew... Who saw sense? <laughs> it would have been better if he'd come up and gone, oh, I tell you, first time I was in tug of war, right? First time, it was uh, 1933, no, 1934, or was it 35? Anyway, I was in this time. I would have listened to him all day. I wish, I wish we'd... He says he tells rather convoluted stories. I wish we could have had a convoluted tug of war story from a Yorkshire snake. <laughs> If we can find a clip of Ramsbottom and put it up on our social media, we should do oh, that. Oh, definitely. We're going to have to look now. We have to we'll search, search high and low. Search high, search low. Yeah. <laughs> find his keeper star. Anyway, <laughs> they have their tug of war. I don't even care what happens, really. Will no? It's just uh, the look of them is incredible. We'll it, get. We will get a picture of the uh, lineup. Oh, definitely, definitely. We'll have to war. do that. It's, it's it's outstanding. So, but that's. That's, so basically, yeah, sweep cheats. Um, they all go flying into Sue's house, and that's the end of the episode. It's like, goodbye, everyone, bye-bye. Uh, well, bye-bye, everybody, bye-bye is an yes. actual proper catchphrase, isn't it? Yeah, it is. That's I remember that. Bye-bye, everybody, bye-bye. Yeah, and he, and, he, and so Matthew's uh, yeah, adopted that from, from his dad and, yeah, and brought yeah. it forward. There were several episodes in the middle where they, they were both on the show, and I've like obviously we didn't watch those, but I think, yeah, he's obviously kept a lot of it the same, especially when he took over Matthew mm. Corbett, you know, took over the same format. He did, however, in the 80s, change the format to the one that we watched. Right. So at this stage, it's kind of a thing presented in front of an audience. It's like sketches. Like I said, they had celebrity guests back through the 60s and 70s. Now, we've already said it. My specialist subject is knowing things about people from before I was born. When I looked at this list of of celebrity guests, I cannot tell you how excited I was. Because they really run the gamut of uh, of celebrity. Okay. Uh, it's a who's not. It's, it's, it's things of like, oh, yeah, I think I have heard of that person, <laughs> which I enjoy. And then some names that you think, wow, they did it? Were they really not busy? I'm, I'm, I'm just going to get it out of the way. First up, Peter Butterworth. <laughs> You know how excited I was to see that Peter Butterworth was on this show. He was on it about four times. I haven't been able to track down those episodes. For anyone going, who the hell is Peter Butterworth? He was one of the ensemble of the carry-on actors and one of my favourites. Yep. Uh, And if you are a fan of carry-on, Bernard Breslau also did it. None of the big names. They were big names at the time. Are you okay? Oh, I just I just want people to just to, to understand that I spent the entirety of the day talking about Peter Butterworth. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> 
I think, like, when we watch these episodes, you know, we do a bit of research sometimes and we're looking to see which ones we're going to watch. But when you spotted Peter Butterworth in there, we talked about Peter Butterworth a lot. Yes. And I'd like to say that's an unusual occurrence. It's really not. No. Carry On gets repeated a lot. Carry On Abroad was on the other weekend. And any time he came on screen, he went, it's Peter Butterworth. <laughs> oh, no. It's one of his finest appearances. <laughs> it's a subpar carry-on, but an absolute tour de force from Peter Butterworth. See, I didn't grow up in a house that watched carry-on, really. No. So my exposure to it was later on, so I, I can't recognise Butterworth or Breslau on site, really. I can recognise the big hitters, you know. Right, okay. The, sort of the, the, the core ensemble that are there through like the most famous the ones. The Kenneth like Williams, the Sid James. James. Yeah, you know, but the, not an Esme Cannon. I, no, I couldn't recognise an Esme no. Cannon. If, Liz if, Fraser? Uh, oh, no. Maybe from something else. I don't know why, but that name is jumping out at me. Just a common name. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, to just, just, I just want people to understand that, that it is not uncommon for us to talk about Peter Butterworth. <laughs> Or minor celebrities who featured in Carry On films. No, well, it's not. The thing is, I'm not obsessed with Carry On. No. Because the films, a lot of them I find unwatchable now. Not because I'm trying to be woke, but the the they they are so like sexist and racist and whatever else. It is hard to watch some of them. But uh, some of them are still all right. Uh, but the actual individuals who are performing, some of them are just so good, which is why I just endlessly talk about Peter Butterworth. Anyway, right, I want to tell you some of the other like celebrity guests, right? Roy Hudd, you know him. I know Roy Hudd. Hank Marvin. <laughs> the who, Hank Marvin. Who my sister genuinely thought wasn't a real person and was just a um, <laughs> made-up phrase for when you're hungry. <laughs> And when I told her, no, Hank Marvin was a real person who was famous, she goes, was he hungry a lot? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, Lionel Blair, Cliff Richard, these are big Arthur Askey. (laughs) (laughs) These are the big celebrities. Who do you want? Mike and Bernie Winters. I tell you who I don't think would have been on there, although they would have would have done Rod Hull and Emu. You can't mix the puppets. I think it is difficult to mix puppets. Yeah. Also, don't but, get Keith. But, Keith, what's his tits and Orville? No, they weren't. But um, they did do a crossover episode with Rainbow. Really? Apparently so. I haven't found that either, but apparently it exists. <laughs> Cribbins, Cribbins is all right. Cribbins is he did good. it. Dora Bryan. No, you don't know the Bryan. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> Rod, Jane and Freddie. Remember them, don't mm-hmm, we? Yes. Now, in all these names that I'm saying, you know, I'm not being selective. This is genuinely representative of the type of celebrity. There are a lot of, like, light entertainers and people who are in magic or um, variety. That sort of thing was what they tended to go with. There is an exception, though. There is someone who kind of stands out. It's not Bonnie Langford or Jeff Capes. They're both in it. <laughs> Duncan Goodhue. Again, people... Uh, Frank Thornton. You don't know him, do no. you? I believe he's Are You Being Served? Oh, uh, yes. Are You Being Served? Yes. Okay, yes, I do know Frank Thornton. Yeah. The person I think we were most surprised by, though, was 
Iron Maiden's Nico McBrain, <laughs> who genuinely guest stars in one of the episodes, apparently because he's a massive Sooty fan. Well, I can kind of I, t- see. To me, that's not a strange thing because rock stars have their like foibles. Well, and he's a drummer, and I always think that the drummer is the most weird. <laughs> yes. The the drummers, there's always something. Yeah, a bit- drummers are always a bit mad. Uh, if there's a weird one in a band, it's nine times out of ten, it's the drummer. So apparently he now always has a sooty on his drum kit. Okay. Uh, just sitting there like a little sooty. Right, okay. And has... Uh, I also heard, saw one thing that said he had once dressed up as sooty. Um, what, for a maiden gig? Oh, he's also a fan of snooker and has attended the Crucible. This guy's cool. <laughs> 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 oh... Now, where's that? Where's that sooty snooker crossover? <laughs> Get him the little miniature table, you know, they're holding the queue. Oh, that that's that's the way forward. Anyway. This week's special guest, Dennis Taylor. <laughs> they, had, they did have Dennis Taylor on. <laughs> How did you know that? <laughs> well, you, weren't, you wouldn't have Steve Davis, would you? Not enough personality. No, that's it. That's He's it. really come into his own in, as a commentator, though, I think. <laughs> been watching the snooker i've been enjoying it i don't know uh, i've got no no criticism <laughs> it, it makes sense of the time because obviously that's that's the evolution you get variety theater when to iron maiden no well i mean that's a bit of a departure but you know to get all the variety stars going on to and doing variety style television shows that was sort of the way of it I'd like to have seen more varied guests like Iron Maiden's drummer. You know, I just, I just thought it would be brilliant. Just bring on all sorts of people, just there with Sooty, like, um, like the. It would have been good if you go, you just tune in one time and Sooty's got the makeup like he's in Kiss. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Sooty, what are you doing this week? <laughs> What's that? Gene Simmons is coming round. <laughs> Then <laughs> Sooty just like rips Weep's head off. Right? <laughs> Gene Simmons just nodding. <laughs> this week, Sooty and Sweep have been playing their guitars, so we brought in our friends Slayer. They moved in next door. <laughs> you could could have just been all musical crossovers, couldn't yes. it? Yeah, yeah. Although to be fair, right, mm. what we didn't need, and what nearly every TV show has in the like 90s is a rap episode true i don't want to hear the sooty rap and luckily i can't because sooty never speaks yes that's true he's he's just this silent i don't believe in the rap skills of uh sooty sweep or sue i don't even sooty doesn't speak i don't even think i'd put him last (laughs) (laughs) sue's last sue's last (laughs) the only one actually with a voice is definitely last sweep's clearly got the most edge He's the only one that should be allowed to rap. Can we talk about Sue's voice? Because we're getting on to this second episode yeah, now. Yeah, okay. And this is the voice I remember of right. Sue. Yes. And I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it right now. I'm just going to say it. It's too sexy. Sorry, <laughs> 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 sorry. Oh, sorry. Sue's voice is too sexy. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? No. <laughs> I thought my reaction made that crystal clear. It's too, it's like sultry. Oh, hello, Sooty. <laughs> what have you been doing? Not money, Penny. 
Yeah, that's what it is. It's too money penny. <laughs> I mean, I feel like... It's giving kids weird feelings about Sue. It's giving you weird feelings about Sue. I don't think I ever... I don't think I ever, as a child, thought Sue was sexy. She's got a bath scene in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> she has, but she's still wearing her skirt in the bath. <laughs> Because there's a man's hand under it. <laughs> no, listen, listen. I always had a problem with the voice of Sue. <laughs> Clearly. Right, because you've the, the conceit is, right, you've got a man there with his three puppets. The man speaks. Right. Sooty does not speak. He whispers in ears. Sweep does not speak. He squeaks and we the man understands it. Mm. Sue's just having a full-on conversation with him. That's weird territory, right? <laughs> is yeah. she their mum? Is she like the same age as Matthew Corbett? Oh, I sort of thought the other two were children, but like, what what's going on? Well, I think they're all around the same sort of age, but they're not related. Like, listen, the original Sue has the voice of the wife. <laughs> I'm not crazy to think this is a weird dynamic. <laughs> I grant you, I grant you that. It is weird that she's the only one that can speak. It'd be easy just to have her as another noise. Like, like obviously, Sweep is done with a kazoo. Just have, like, another... Like it He's great. not done with a kazoo. Yes, he is. No, he's done with a squeaker, isn't he? Oh. oh. That's not a kazoo. Okay. No, I feel like, you know, you could do Sue with a kazoo. I think that's totally inappropriate, Will. <laughs> You could do Sue's voice. In, yeah, Sue doesn't need to speak. You could just have them all... I can understand why they wanted another character that speaks, because otherwise it's just a bloke talking to himself all the time. But I'm saying it makes her stick out. And the fact that her voice is an adult woman's sultry voice <laughs> gives me an <laughs> odd feeling. describing it as sultry. It's, it's too sexy. That voice is too sexy. <laughs> It should be comedic, shouldn't it? It should be like like a cartoon character kind of a voice. It should be like a silly voice, but instead it's just, oh, hello, Matthew, I'm just in the bath. Like, no, I don't like that. <laughs> it's another straight character, so you've got Matthew... Yeah, I understand, I'm telling you I understand. The voice just needs to be a bit sillier. It's too sexy. <laughs> I always had a problem with it. And when I was a kid, I didn't know what the problem was. When I was a kid, I didn't know. But I was like, I don't know, Sue sort of sticks out here. I don't like this. Now I know. Reminds me too much of those carry-on films. Mm. I'm genuinely lost for words. You don't... But, all right, so you don't find her sexy. Good. No. I'm glad. I'm very, very glad. But do you get that it's... that? She, I don't like, you know, how she sticks out to the other two. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Not for the reason that the voice is too sultry and irresistible, but I do get that it sticks out a bit. No one said irresistible, <laughs> did they? Well, you kind of implied. Um, I understand why there's a voice, but I do feel like it could be a different voice. And I feel like, you know, I, I imagine that we've got to have continuity. It's like Kermit. You've got to have the same voice, even though it's a different Not person. remotely the same voice as the last woman. We know it isn't. We know it isn't. <laughs> Not remotely the same. <laughs> One week you're turning up, Sue's there. Hello, Sooty. <laughs> I'm just having a bath right now. Get myself clean. And then the next week you turn up. Oh, Sooty, you're back. I'm just finishing my bath. <laughs> right? <laughs> what, what, sorry, which part of that's for continuity? <laughs> Something weird going on here with Sue, and I don't like it. Oh, okay. I feel we need to clarify, because you've said 
bath several times now, and we haven't said that's what happens in this episode. That like she's, I have, I've said it. Oh, okay, yeah. In this episode, she is in the bath. She doesn't have her top on, which she usually wears a top, mm-hmm. and she is in the bath. She is covered in fur because she's a panda. I understand, but you know this is like a donald duck pants situation donald duck doesn't wear pants but does wrap a towel around his waist when he comes out of the bath yes why is that to get himself dry he's a duck because he's a cartoon character sue's a puppet yep who has taken her clothes off well almost she's got the skirt still on that's out of view we're meant to think she doesn't have the skirt on Mm -hmm. and she's naked in the bath we are meant to think that character is naked having her bath and then the rest of the household walk in well except matthew matthew doesn't matthew's got boundaries he's got his hands somewhere (laughs) i mean it did i did at this point when she's in the bath and sooty and sweep come in write down what is the relationship between sooty and sue what is the relationship between any of them? Because I can imagine, like... Are Sooty and Sue married? No. It's Sweet, they're dog. <laughs> well, I think Sweet They're is... both bears. Yeah, and he... Well, yeah, he, and he's a dog, yes. And he's a dog. Yes. So is he their dog? Well, no, because I think he's he's like a... He talks, he's a friend. I think he's like... I think he's... He and Sweet are like best mates. Sooty and Sweep are best mates. Yeah. Who sometimes fight, because they have a fight in this episode. Yeah, but best friends fight. Yeah, friends got fight. it. Okay, I yep. accept that. So I think that's where they are. And Sue... then Sue, with a voice of an adult woman. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what Sue's because role is. she is a bit condescending towards them sometimes. She oh, is. Sweep, what have you done? It's a bit like... She's maybe... a bit mumsy to them. Maybe like Wendy Which is and... why I think she's Matthew Corbett's wife. <laughs> Matthew Corbett's wife! <laughs> Not the actress. I'm saying the, bear. <laughs> the panda bear is married to the adult male, and I don't like it. And what? And and Sweep and Sooty are like their adoptive children. Yeah, that's the dynamic. That's the flavour it gives me, and it's the bad flavour. <laughs> wow. Okay. I mean, I hadn't considered that. I'm not entirely sure I'm comfortable with it. No one is. But it does make sense. Yes. <laughs> Maybe we should get on to why Sue is in that bath. Okay, so we need to roll back to talk about the theme of the episode is collecting. Mm. There's a, a hugely protracted initial scene, which I was I was ripping my nails out because a letter arrives, um, an airmail letter. And, oh, God, he's getting them for ages to guess. Why is it a special letter? And, that you know, they, they point out that it's got like a different postmark. It's got the colourful edging that you used to have on airmail envelopes. They point out all this stuff about it, but then Sooty goes, oh, it looks like it's your handwriting, Matthew. And Sue says, oh, you are a silly sausage. It can't be his handwriting because it's come from overseas and he wouldn't send a letter to himself. Right. And then Matthew goes, I'm afraid it's you that is the silly sausage, Sue, because that is my handwriting. It's like... In the old one, when he called them a fathead for not being able to jump very far, I was like, oh, that's so funny. Back in the 60s and 70s, just called people fatheads and whatever. And then in this one that I would have watched from the 80s, it's like, oh, you're a silly sausage for thinking that a letter that's come from abroad wouldn't have been written. I was like, that's not that silly. Like, why is that silly? Like, obviously, he explains that he sent his friend an envelope that he'd already addressed back to himself so that the friend would put a French stamp on it, it would be sent through, he would get 
the stamps that he collects. Yeah. So I understand that there's an explanation, but Sue's original theory that you don't generally write letters to yourself, especially when they've come from countries you don't live in, that's not that strange. No. She's not that much of a silly sausage. Let's just not call each other silly sausages. Yeah, yeah. I it, I know it's mild as an insult, but we didn't need to go to insults. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you're sticking up for Sue on this one. I, I like that. It's... I'm really worried about what happens to her in that house. <laughs> <laughs> but this, this does set up the episode. So the idea is Matthew shows his stamp collection and sets all the others off on collecting something so yeah he suggests that they go and find what they want to collect yeah so Sooty decides he wants to collect postcards sue which is lucky because he's already got some yes he has handy i love it when you decide to start collecting something and you already have your collection (laughs) yes you're already collecting it's great yeah fantastic i've this begs question is Sooty quite a lazy person (laughs) but he's not a person he's a bear (laughs) (laughs) didn't expect to get pulled up on that (laughs) I don't think he's lazy. I think he's sort of um, not really got much brain. Really? Okay, because I thought maybe he's smarter than the rest. No, definitely not. Don't think that. I don't agree with that. Okay. I think he's just... Oh, I hate him. (laughs) You really don't like him. I don't like anything about him. He's got no personality, so therefore I just don't think there's anything in his brain. I think it's all Matthew. Oh, fair enough. I I strongly suspect that all of uh, Sooty's traits come from Matthew Corbett. (laughs) I've suspected it since I was a child. <laughs> what if, right? What if Sooty doesn't exist at all? He's in Matthew's head. And all the others are playing along with Matthew talking to Sooty when he's just talking to his hand. Just his bare hand. So Sooty doesn't exist. Yep. But the others do. Yeah. That really would be weird, wouldn't it? Would be. Imagine living in a house full of puppets and the only one you're imagining is the one you're operating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great idea for a movie. <laughs> what, a, what a movie. Sue decides she's going to collect pressed flowers, mm. which um, is lucky because she already owns a flower press. Well, it turns out they all do because they all got given flower presses at Christmas. Don't you just love those Christmases when nobody knows what to buy for anybody else? <laughs> so they bring out this flower press, right? And she's got some daisies in a little vase, which... A member of production hastily went and picked just before they filmed Mm -hmm. and has put in water, but they have all wilted and they do all look like shite. Just a bit of a shout out, though, for the set that they're on, because this is the bit where they interact with each other. Mm. So it's sort of like a little bedroom and it's it's much smaller and it's painted in the most 90s way possible. Oh, it is. It's like pink and green with those like loose geometric shapes just popping up. We'll get a, we've got to get a still of this and put it on social media because as soon as I saw it, I had a flashback. I was like, oh, now I'm back. Yeah. Now I'm back to the sooty I remember. <laughs> That's it. That's the one. Yeah. The um, bedroom set is great. It's a it's great, great little bedroom set. Yeah, so they um bring out the flower press, and I, I'm getting a bit bored of this episode at this stage. Like, we've had this long, long thing about the stamps. Then we've, got, we've had to look at all these postcards that he's going to collect, which he's already collected. And then she's like, oh, yeah, I want to press a flower, and it's just some shit old daisy. When my interest picked back up was... When I realised that these are two glove puppets who are going to try and operate a flower press. <laughs> yes. Because 
they put the flower they managed to get the daisy roughly on the flower press and they managed to struggle to thread the top part if you ever used a flower press or seen one the like top piece of wood has four holes in the corners that have to be threaded back onto the screws that are at the sides <laughs> and she goes okay now we just need to put four wing nuts on and, and, and tighten them <laughs> i mean yeah because the, the top is incredibly impressive considering they can't see they can't see they're either looking at a monitor doing it on reverse or something else and the temptation to have your other hand come up and just be like no just just there oh for god's sake yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when they got it threaded i felt like cheering and then when she said now we just need to thread on all the wing nuts i i was excited <laughs> but she just goes maybe we'll do that later <laughs> I love picking up little things like that because you would never as a kid think about how difficult it would be to put four wing nuts tighten them through a bear puppet. (laughs) She actually says, right, so we're we're getting back to this bar thing. I know I'm making too much of it, but she actually says to Sooty, let's you and I use the bathroom. Well, now, yeah, this, this... I have to know what is going on in this house. I'm, I know people will be thinking, oh, this is just a lovely kid's show. Why are you making it weird? It is weird. I don't ever... There's no relationship in my life where I say to someone, let's you and I use the bathroom. <laughs> That's true. There's no relationship. No, I don't... No, I don't think there's any circumstance under which you would exhort someone else to come and use the bathroom with Using you. the bathroom is a solo activity. Yes. I maintain that. Now, I know there are times like when people, like, you know, we sometimes brush our teeth at the same time. Um, and, you know, if you've got kids, obviously they follow you in and you, or you need to help them. But the idea that you sort of schedule it and go off hand in hand like... Oh, now's our bathroom time. I was like, this is freaking me out, man. This is it. <laughs> like, if Sue is is kind of this mother of sooty and sweet, I can understand it being a case of she's in the bathroom, they come running in anywhere to show stuff, because that's what young kids are like. Totally makes sense. Yeah, but to say to Sooty, right, you're coming with me to the bathroom now. Weird. Weird. Gave just, me weird just vibes. Weird. weird. But it's during this bathroom scene that we find out what Sweep is collecting. He's going to collect bones. Of course he is. I knew it was going to be Bones. Did you know it was going to be Bones? I, I did know it was going to be Bones because yeah, that, yeah. Was, that sweeps chief obsession. That sweeps thing. He's a dog. He's a dog. Uh, but he's bone, like a dog with a bone. Yes, indeed. Bones with a twist. He's going to press the bones. They've told him it has to be more interesting than Bones. So yes. he says pressed bones. Yeah. And he, he comes out, he's got a flower press and he's got a pressed bone. Um, but then gets told by Sue he can't eat that bone and goes crazy. He loses his shit. He absolutely does. <laughs> and I seem to remember this being a thing that happened quite a lot with Sweep. Like, in the sort of Matthew Corbett 80s, 90s years. Yeah. That Sweep would go crazy. Sweep, Sweep's the wild card. He's the loose cannon. Oh, he is. And that's why you love him. That's yeah. why you love him. And yeah, and when he goes crazy, you just hear the like constant squeaking. They're just... That isn't very good, but I can't just squeak. <laughs> what more do you want? There is a lovely little joke in here as well, because Sooty brings in some more postcards that he's just found, and Sue narrates it. So she's like, oh, Paris. Oh, yes, that's very nice. Oh, what's the next one you've got there? Hong Kong. Oh, yes. Oh, that's lovely. And what's that one? Oh, Sidmouth. That's far flung. <laughs> 
So it's a couple of little jokes like that that are like in there for the older, you know, the adults and whatever. Yeah. Sweep then moves on to his next collection, which is he's going to collect water. And he begins to collect Sue's bath water. He does begin to collect Sue's bath water. And then my notes get a little sketchy here, but for some reason, Sooty faints. Yes, Sooty faints. I, I put that down too. It's not your notes. It just happens for no reason. <laughs> okay. There's so much noise and excitement going on with collecting the bathwater. Sooty faints. This is why I can't believe that Sooty's got, you know, this huge brain or whatever. Sooty's a weirdo. Sooty is a weirdo. <laughs> I'm just going to say it one more time. Sooty is a weirdo. <laughs> well, the thing is, I, at this point, I could sense your frustration getting through. Really? Because no, when we when we watch these things, you know, we make notes throughout. We're in silence. I, I've never made a note about something you've done before. I think you have once. <laughs> we cut to Matthew, and he's try. He says he's trying to fix a vacuum pump, and he says, "Oh, I'm all boys and girls. I'm having real trouble trying to fix this pump." <laughs> And then, yeah, I love this because at this point your frustration boils over and you just yell, use both hands! <laughs> I fairly certain it's exactly what you would have done as a child. <laughs> no, I told you, I never spotted it as a kid. No. I never realised that, you know, he's got one hand out of the way because Sooty's about to pop back. <laughs> never spotted it. But yes, this sort of takes us to sort of the sort of climax of this bit is Sooty and Sweep come up and they're covered in bandages. Sweep comes first, I think. Yes. And he says to him, oh, I see what you're collecting. You're collecting injuries. And um, Sweep first goes, I fell. And it, it gave me a sort of like pang of pain because I was like, there's a lot of domestic violence in this household. I didn't realise how much they were all, you know, beating each other up all the time. And I was like, surely he's not going to cover up for <laughs> Sooty. You know, I don't, I don't like to think of Sooty as the aggressor <laughs> of the household. I, know, I don't have much respect for him, but I don't like to think that he's terrorising the rest of them. But then he, it's just a joke. He goes, I fell. I fell out with Sooty. And they do a sort of play on, you should see the other guy, because yes. Sweep's all bandaged up. And it, Matthew Corbett sort of says, oh, that'll teach you, you know, you've lost the fight. And Sweep says, or squeaks at him, how, do you, how can you tell I've lost? And that's when uh, Sooty pops up and he's got all the bandages as well. Yes. And there's Sue says something here to one of them and it's a it's a phrase i've never come across before or since she says you're a ninny waff i think this is based on the fact that when we originally watched it harry corbett was calling people fatheads <laughs> at some point someone's gone you can't just you can't teach kids insults they'll be saying them in the playground <laughs> so they've gone let's make up an insult that's so ridiculous the kids won't even be able to remember what it is it won't make any sense to them. They'll never want to use it. You would never want to go in the playground and go, you know what, you're a ninny-waff. <laughs> That's true. Because people would be like, wait, I think it is you that is the ninny-waff. <laughs> I think, no, I think you're absolutely right. I think that, that's, a, that's a point I hadn't considered, that the need to come up with just a terrible, non-offensive insult. Yes. How do you do a non-offensive insult? Make up something that's too ridiculous to be said. Yeah. So, and this whole thing comes to a head because you get Matthew. Oh, he's back to the bloody stamps again. Yeah, yeah, he's I, obsessed. He does seem the type to collect stamps. To be fair, yeah, he does seem a bit boring. I remember loving him so much as a kid. When I watched him this time, I was a bit like, "Oh, crack on, Matthew! Come on, 
you're dragging the arse out of it now. Um, yeah, he's going on and on about his stamps, and he's like very deliberately, you know, showing sooty them. So we see there's all these loose stamps mm-hmm. about to be glued in his big stamp album. And we know that Sweep has taken to collecting water because he was stealing Sue's bath water. I'm expecting it to go wrong immediately. So I was expecting Sooty's postcards to get wet in the bathroom scene. No, that didn't happen. But now Sweep's turning up with the water again. We know it's going to happen. We know <laughs> the water is going to get on things. They they film this in such a weird way, Will. Yes. So weird. Because instead of just having somebody knock over a pot of water, this vacuum pump thing that he was fixing at the beginning, Sweep sets it off. It knocks all the stamps off the table and some of the water. I can see that quite clearly. And we watch the scene of Matthew Corbett with the two puppets on the floor going, oh no, oh no, get the stamps, oh no, oh no. But then they also put a voiceover of Matthew Corbett over the top going, can you see what's happened, boys and girls? (laughs) The stamps have been knocked over, but what else? The water. It's like... It's all right, Matthew. We got it. There's no need to Blade Runner this shit. (laughs) Do an additional narration. (laughs) (laughs) It's so weird. Another great timely reference from you as well. It is a weird choice, though. It is a very weird choice to suddenly... Never been done before. Never been done since. Uh, yeah, they all come up and they've got stamps all stuck to their faces and everything else. And, and so then you get Matthew threatening Sweep, saying, listen to me, pal, you are in big, big trouble. And then it cuts to downstairs and he goes, don't worry, I wouldn't hurt Sweep. Yeah, I really think that if you have to have a scene where the adult male character has to reassure you that he wouldn't hurt the puppets in the show... You've gone wrong somewhere. <laughs> like you should you should already know that he's not gonna hurt them. <laughs> the thing is I can understand I, I made a puppet once. Me and me and Fred made a series of puppets for a show. And I don't know, one of the puppets we made this puppet we made, so we designed it, we sewed it, we made it. I hated it. I developed an irrational hatred of this puppet. Did you? I yeah. And the thing Did is, the puppet have a name? I think it was called George. But I didn't... I don't know what it was. Something about this puppet. And I, the worst thing is, I did the voice of this puppet. I did the voice of him. I just didn't like him at all. That's and, weird. And I end up... It's When you control the puppet, it's very easy to inflict pain upon them. So it's very easy to, like, beat them up or, like, choke them with their own limbs and things. It's very... I mean, you're looking at me now, and I can understand the look you're giving me, because this is a weird thing to kind of... In all honesty, what I'm imagining is um, just somebody turning on their creation i'm just imagining like keith harris you know with orville and just one day he's had enough and he just turns and then he looks around in his living room there's just green fluff everywhere and he's like what have i done that's what i'm imagining as you're saying this i mean i for a second i thought you were saying the other way around like the puppet comes to life and turns on him like, you know, Emu one day just gets tired of Rod Hull exhorting him to attack people and just goes for the jugular. I tell you what, Rod Hull and Emu never get tired of each other because they come both from the same uh, well of hate. <laughs> both of them hate. <laughs> and they know all they have to do 
to get paid is attack. And so that really, that doesn't inspire you to be a nice person or a nice puppet. No. So, uh, they, 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 you know, they're bonded by that. Yeah. Whereas Keith Harris, I can imagine turn, him turning on Orville. <laughs> you know, he tried to get that monkey going. Nobody wanted the monkey. They're like, yeah. bring back the green duck. Yeah. And I can imagine him turning and he, and he just massacres it. And he just and he, then he t- takes a look at himself in the mirror and there's blood on his face and there's a little green feather stuck to it. And he just, he can't live with himself. <laughs> The <laughs> thing is, that's that's like the amazing basis for like an Edinburgh show when like <laughs> like performers leave characters behind. Imagine being one of these old like things, and you actually do that—you murder your creation, and it becomes this dark redemption story. Well, imagine being a grown man, and everywhere you go, people ask you about like this character that you do not give a shit about, and you probably thought you'd do it for like a few years, and then you'd get rid of it and go on to you do go on to different work, you know, yeah. whatever you wanted to do. The world's your oyster, and then it's like forty years later, and they're still going on about a fucking green duck. I was in Ibsen <laughs> before I met that green prick. <laughs> That's an Edinburgh show. If yep. you just can't you cast Ibsen, but all the parts are played by people with puppets. <laughs> <laughs> you do like Harold Pinter. Pinter? And like it's Keith Harris and Orville. <laughs> Doing the dumbwaiter on the opposite side of the room. See, you're, you're more theatrical than me. Because when you said Ibsen, I was immediately thinking about Hedda Garbler, right? And <laughs> Hedda Garbler. Is, is the central female character. Maybe she's not played by anyone with a puppet. She's played straight. And she walks in and it's just Keith Harrison Orville there going, Oi, Hedda! <laughs> <laughs> You're not looking too happy, love. <laughs> Will you play the Tarantella for us? <laughs> That's a deep Hedda Garbler reference for anyone who studied it. <laughs> Fortunately, nothing gets that existential with Sooty, Sweet, and Sue and Matthew. So this they've they've fixed the stamp album. That's all sorted. Sooty's taken up a new collecting habit, which is coins. I don't care. Fair enough. <clears throat> no, no. I mean, you can go on, but I'm saying in my my reaction in the moment was <laughs> I don't care. Okay. <laughs> 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 yeah, he's he and he magics three coins. So the, again, bit of magic. Yep. Still got to keep that bit of magic in there. Make three coins appear out of thin air. It would be more impressive if they weren't very obvious jump cuts. Um, like, it's a very jerky, like, stop, cut, restart filming, and now he's got a coin in his hands. Hard to do close-up hand magic with a glove puppet, well, it, I'd imagine. I would imagine, but at the but same then, time... to be fair, he shouldn't have tried. Well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he, he wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um... They get one of them's an expensive coin. They get, they sell it, and they have a party. Yes, there we go. End with a party. I imagine the advice for everybody writing a kids' TV show at the time was: if you don't know what the plot's about, just have a character lose something, and if you don't know how to wrap it up, just uh, have a party. Yes, because that happens in everything that we watch. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Animated live action puppet doesn't matter if there's a party at the end. That's the end. <laughs> Yeah, and if you haven't got enough characters, have a policeman. 
<laughs> just have a policeman turn up and go, oh, what's all this? Oh, have you lost something or are you having a party? <laughs> Is that you, Ramsbottom, in disguise? <laughs> it's Rams Ramsbottom, the brown snake policeman. <laughs> oh, amazing. Well, there we are, Liz. That was Sooty. How do you like me now? Oh, I don't even know what to tell you. Honestly, it's a big, big franchise. Mm. You know, this was our Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even... <laughs> In that Just case, you... to be clear, <laughs> I haven't seen the Avengers. <laughs> okay, but now I definitely want you to try and match up each member of the Sooty Gang to an Avenger. Sooty is... Uh, Steed. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Susan Appeal. <laughs> no, no, right. Tell me what they are. The Avengers? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, uh, Iron Man. Yeah. Uh, Hulk. Thor. Hawkeye. Black don't Widow. Know. Don't know those ones. And Captain America are your, like, your initial Avengers. Black Widow, film. that's got to be Sue, hasn't it? Because she's like token female. She's there. I suppose Matthew Corbett's like, um, well, maybe he's Nick Fury. That's one. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've seen him in something. I think, I think Sooty is Captain America. Seems sort of like a dweeb. Dweeb? Yeah. Bit of, yeah. And then Sweep is Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Ruffalo in Spotlight, right? Not. <laughs> Mark Ruffalo's in it, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's in it. He's in it as the Hulk. He's the Hulk. Yeah, he's, well, he's, I, he's Bruce Banner and, and the Hulk. Yes, he's Bruce Banner, and I think I feel like Sweep doesn't Hulk out that much, but he does have his moments of madness. Yeah, I think you know that's. I think that works. Okay, okay. And then, um, <laughs> oh, uh, you're going to keep going. Okay. Thor, Thor's Ramsbottom. <laughs> Scampy. That probably be that one you said that I haven't heard of. Hawkeye. Oh, okay. Introduced later, you know, I yep. can't really take to him. Fair enough. Uh, and then uh, who else we got? The dog, as Iron Man. Butch is, Butch is Butch, Iron Man. Butch is Iron Man. Okay. You know, not much to look at. Not not Edwin the robot. Edwin the robot, um, Thanos, I don't know. <laughs> I'm struggling. I haven't seen the Avengers. I only know of it through memes. <laughs> that might be the most up-to-date reference you've done. <laughs> And even then, it sounded like I was trying to explain something from the far-flung future. I only know of it through memes. <laughs> anyway, your thoughts. I'm going to ask you a question, okay? Did you prefer Harry or Matthew? Oh, oh, I wouldn't like to choose. Mm. Because I, I really loved going back and watching Harry Corbett's episode because... It was obviously so old that it's nothing I've ever seen before. And I thought it was brilliant. All the little like visual gags he was doing were, ve I was really entertained. I was definitely less entertained by bloody Matthew Corbett going on about an airmail stamp for about 10 minutes of the episode. But you know, Matthew Corbett's one is the one I'm nostalgic for. So. It's two totally different experiences. This is why this episode, there's so much to talk about. And, so, you know, it's such a a big thing. But I, I think, you know, 
you can still watch that one of Harry Corbett. And if you don't mind your kids learning the phrase fathead, and you don't mind having to, you know, uh, skip past all the episodes where there are people who have um, now been jailed, um, <laughs> you could go back and watch them. Whereas I think the ones from Matthew Corbett's era actually date a bit worse because they're more story-led, they're more sitcom, they're more, you know, this is us all in the house, some reason all having a bath together, you know. So I think, although that's the one I'm nostalgic for and I was glad to go back and watch it, I did prefer probably Harry's style i feel the same way i feel the harry corbett years the, the pacing's a lot better it's a lot tighter that there are the little there's a lot more sort of a lot more playing with props it feels like yeah. props proportional to the puppets and also flame the element of danger which <laughs> i don't think you can get away with in the, in the matthew corbett later years no no but just water then yeah, yeah just water them which is fine it's not a flammable substance <laughs> there's not no chance that any of the puppets are going to get soaked to a cinder it's you know, no well you but you said you wanted people drenched. You got them drenched. That's true. Did get them drenched. Yep. And you can't, as we established, you can't do that with spiky gel-filled hair. So there we are. We didn't even touch on Anne Widdicombe, <laughs> which is the way, obviously, we like it. But as we say, they still make this show. There is there is a clip with Anne Widdicombe appearing in Sooty. No, she should not have been allowed on a kids' TV show, <laughs> but. I, ca- I caught it once quite by accident and it has lived with me as one of the funniest things I've ever it, seen. It's outstanding. We'll, we'll put it up on the socials. There's so much I want to put on the social media this week. <laughs> a bumper crop of content. A bumper crop of content. <laughs> well, there we are. Liz, thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon with another episode. Until then, thanks and bye.